What is going on, YouTube and Facebook? You're joining the UJ Sports Collins Show. I'm your host, Paul Meharry, as well as my co-host, Jason Butt and Ben Bachman. We told you guys we were going to talk about the wide receivers slash tight ends this week, but as you all know, we might have jinxed it. We said there was two weeks of slow football news coming out of Athens, and it didn't make it a third, with that being Amarius Mims and Clay Webb, two former five-stars hitting the transfer portal. So we decided to pivot and go with the offensive line preview instead tonight because that's what everybody wants to talk about and talk through. So we are here for your comments on that. If you want to, you can join the conversation by clicking in the description, copy and pasting that StreamYard uh, URL. If you're on your phone, you have to go through Safari to do it. But then you can come on the show with us and have a good time. Uh, if you don't want to be on the show, no problem. Put your comments in the uh, comment section. We'll make sure to get to them. Ben, I'm going to toss it to you so uh, myself and Jason can push this out on all the social media platforms. But difficult times for Georgia when you lose two five stars, especially one like the caliber of Mims. Uh, what are Georgia fans to do right now? Well, I'll say first off, Clay Webb, this is, would have been his fourth year at Georgia, and he wasn't cracking the two deep on the offensive line. I don't think that one shocks people at all as much as Amarius. So, yeah, Amarius is definitely going to hurt in the sense of depth because I think he was your number three tackle. Um, Ernest Green has came along great. He was listed as a guard coming out of high school this past year, but he's been the second-team left tackle. Amarius has been the second-team right tackle. And I think when it comes to Amarius, I think there was he, he wants immediate playing time. I know it's been reported out there that NIL is going to be a big factor between Miami and Florida State for him. But I don't think NIL played as big as, as the playing time deal did, because let's face it, Broderick Jones was the number one player, according to Pro Football Focus in the national championship game. He will likely be the starting left tackle this season. Warren McClendon will, will be the right tackle. You're not going to unseat a guy who's only given up like one sack in two years as a starter. You're just not going to do that. So it, Amarius, barring injury, wasn't going to start at either tackle spot. And I think now he's leaving to go and find a place where he can start right away. And I think um, both Miami and Florida State will provide him that. And I think whoever NIL they say is a factor, so maybe whoever offered more opportunities there is going to get him as their starting left tackle. So that's where that's looking. But I think for the future of Georgia, you have to look at and say the biggest winner in all this, even though Georgia isn't a winner because you want all those talented guys as possible, would be Ernest Green. Um, I think he's guaranteed to be a starting tackle next year down the line. I think it's basically a foregone conclusion because McClendon's going to be gone likely after this year. And if Broderick Jones plays like he did in the national championship game, he could be too. And Ernest is right now probably your number three tackle as a freshman. But as Roddy and others have posted, if you guys want to get that information on the scrimmages and practice notes, he's done phenomenal in practice. So I would look at him. I think Micah Morris can play tackle or guard. So I would look at him as well as a player can move up. Warren Erickson's hurt. So I think Micah Morris is going to have a big opportunity ahead of him. And then um, Xavier Truss can play tackle or guard. So I think Georgia is still very talented. I think this hurts more the long term than this season unless an injury happened. As long as George is healthy, this wouldn't impact this season as much. But that's always a question mark because health's always been something that's hurt Georgia, especially last year when you look at receivers. So this is definitely a blow to Georgia. But um, hopefully the development of guys like Green and others can help them for the long term. I think, Jason, uh, the biggest thing that caught Georgia uh, fans kind of off guard was the fact that we discussed it before the show. Mims is one play away 
from being that next tackle. Ben just said, you know, he's a third tackle. I when you're so highly regarded as a, you know, Mims was fifth overall player in his class, fourth really if you don't count Quinn Ewers reclassifying. Uh, but at the same time, you're one play away from getting in there. It just seemed like he never really he he saw some action, but it never really turned into anything. And then you had these transfer talks start with Mims pretty early on, uh, right after you know he got to Athens. Almost everybody thought, oh, he's going to come and he's going to start immediately. Warren McClendon's going to lose his spot. I, th- I think you can go back on some shows. And I, I said, look, Warren McClendon is pretty dang good. He he's not going to just lose his spot to a freshman. Roger Jones waited his turn. Now he's up to he's up for that left tackle spot. Now you look at this offensive line. You're one play away from really having to start potentially a freshman, at least a redshirt freshman at a, at a tackle position. And last year, Georgia was lucky. They they only, and I say only, lost Tate Ratlish for the whole year. But past couple of years, the offensive line, for the most part, has been healthy. If the injury bug were to hit the offensive line like it did the wide receivers last year, that's where this, you know, comes into play for Georgia in a, in a bad way. I still think they've recruited well, and I, I think that they still have talent, as Ben alluded to. Um, this is kind of the, the blessing and the curse when you recruit a bunch of great players, and then when, especially when you land a five-star player like Amarius Mims, who at many other schools, if not all except maybe Alabama or even a Clemson or Ohio State, would be starting by now. And yeah. therefore, when you recruit that well, and you have a guy like you said in Warren McClendon who does not give up his starting job, and then uh, somebody like Marius Mims wants to leave and go get the playing time, uh, which, which I don't fault him. I mean, obviously, I mean, who, who wants to sit and wait and wait uh, in this day and age when you have the access to the transfer portal and you can go somewhere else and play right away? So I, I don't blame him uh, if that's what he wants, if he wants the playing time. But um, when you recruit that well and you get those kind of talented players, you have to expect that with the transfer portal – they're they're going to leave if they're unhappy with their playing time situation. But the good news is Georgia has recruit, recruited very well over the last uh, what four, five, six years, and therefore they're in good position in the, with the offensive line. Um, sure, I think there there are some like you alluded to. Uh, anytime you have the injury bug and you go to that second and third unit, there's going to be issues. But when you look at the the top six, seven linemen without Amarius Mims, I still think Georgia's in a pretty good spot uh, with a lot of experience returning. So I. I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm agreeing more so with Ben in that, um, uh, you know, this year it it doesn't really matter that much, but down the road it could. Losing a player like Mims is not never ideal. It's not a good thing. (laughs) You don't want to lose a guy like him because of the the kind of potential he could bring to the line in years to come. It's just they're so deep right now that he wasn't cracking the the, the first unit. And, And therefore, if he wants to go play, let him go play somewhere else. I've seen this comment a lot. Scotty Bryant says, uh, if kids transfer, they're not in it for the university. Selfish. Uh, you know, and, and not to pick on you, Scotty, at all, but I, I have seen that a lot uh, throughout, you know, message boards, Twitter, things of that nature. Uh, folks saying that, Ben, in this day and age with the transfer portal and like Jason said, it being so open to where you, you can leave, as long he can't transfer uh, to an SEC school. He missed no. that window. Uh, but he can transfer to an ACC school, which it sounds like he will. Florida State or Miami are, are both heavily involved on him. Uh, but is it a selfish thing? Because he's waited. But at the same time, it's like if you look at the depth chart when you're Mims and you're coming in as that five-star prospect, 
the depth chart doesn't favor you too well unless you think you can beat out Broderick Jones or Warren McClendon, and he couldn't. So yeah, you know what? What's up? What's up with that, Ben? It depends on the player. It really does depend on the player. There are guys. I look at Marcus Washington, a kid who's committed to Georgia right now, whose father played at Georgia. Second Georgia offered, he committed. He wants to be a Georgia guy. Some guys want to get to the NFL. That's why they choose Georgia and Alabama because they're going to develop them best for the NFL. And they want to, as much time on the field, will give NFL scouts as much as possible to show, oh, this guy can be in the NFL. If you're a three-year starter oh, right away as a freshman to a junior and you are dominant, you're especially along the offensive line, you're going to be a top 10 pick. Why do you think Andrew Thomas was a top five pick? He was a three-year starter who dominated all three years of Georgia. So I think that's where Marius is coming from to the point of like, hey, I'm going to have two years where I'm not going to be on tape very much. Broderick got on the field a lot this year, and he got on the field in the national championship game and dominated Will Anderson when he came in as the left tackle. Like that is a lot – that right there is as impressive tape as it is. So he actually did get to play, and there was expectations Jones was going to play even though Sawyer was experienced, they didn't want to play a guy game one against Clemson among all teams, or I think there was a real chance Jones was started right away. So I understand. I don't think it's selfish as much as the kid wants to make, if you're looking at trying to make tens of millions of dollars down the line to get to the NFL sitting for a lot of these kids, isn't it? But in other situations you can sit and eventually be a star. Look at Mac Jones. He didn't start his first three years at Alabama one year, his senior year, and he was a first-round draft pick and won a national championship. So there are cases where guys can sit a long time, play one great year, and go to the NFL. But most of the time, it doesn't work out. So I don't think it's selfish as much as he's trying to look and say, as much on film as possible will get me the best shot at the NFL. So I don't blame him. So Martin Arenado, good friend of the show, says, hey, the Clay Webb transfer I totally get, which I do as well. I think Clay, uh, I think he's one of the most dominant camp performers I've ever seen in my life. You can ask Roddy. I mean, we would go to camps and watch this kid just stonewall. Uh, and you know, and I get it. But how does Bama keep all the five stars in waiting, like Martin said? And they and, no. but they but they kind of do though, Ben. They've, they've but a lot of guys kids. leave. A lot of guys like they, this notion that every five star at Bama, remember Ayabi Anoba and Antonio Alfano, they were top five players. They, they they were they were similar cases. They were out within one year. One of them, I think, left within weeks of being in the program. Like not every five star pans out. Look at uh, sure. Shane Lee. Like uh, you're going to be great every time, but there's going to be kids who aren't who are five stars who are going to leave Alabama. They lost like 15 kids to the portal this year, and several were former top 100 players. Drew Sanders was a five star who actually got playing time for them. Dallas Turner jumped him. And now, and he was really good for Bama. Now he's at Arkansas. So you're gonna, you're every school's gonna lose players. Is my yeah. point. I think well, Alabama, I would say yeah, Alabama, though to a lesser extent, Jerome Ford went to Cincinnati. He was, you know, he was mm-hmm. not a highly as highly recruited of a back, and he he was behind a ton of guys. He left for his future and turned out to be pretty good at Cincinnati and has a chance to be drafted in the NFL. I mean, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think that, yeah, you see, I think with Alabama that the the, the that that thing that's coming from maybe the Georgia fan base for whatever reason they're able to keep quarterbacks <laughs> and I, and yeah. and even then they don't I mean even then quarterbacks uh, I mean you look at uh uh Hurts J- Jalen Hurts for that matter he ended up having to leave because Tua came in but I, I think when you see them replace quarterback great quarterback after great quarterback after great quarterback that then lends to this narrative that Alabama's keeping everybody but they're not um they, they have guys to go just like every other major program it, it's 
it's what happens when you recruit really well. Come back to that point. You recruit really well, guys are going to leave because not everybody can play. Paul, I have yeah, a list I, of over 10 guys who just left Bama. Remember Jaleel Billingsley was a starter for them? He's at Texas now. He was a starter. Drew Sanders, like I said, was a starter. Shane Lee was a starter briefly as a freshman. He's at USC. Uh, Xavier Williams was in there too deep at receiver, and then he got hurt, but now he's elsewhere. I remember King McQuita, who Georgia was recruiting. He's gone yeah. from them. So Pierce Quick was a top 40 player. He was an offensive lineman, top 40 player from yeah. their state. Similar deal with Mims. Mims was obviously a little bit more higher rated. But he never cracked the depth chart. He's now at Georgia Tech. So you're not going to hold all these guys, and not all of them are going to turn out to develop. I think I think what's got Georgia fans frustrated, and I don't want to speak for the whole fan base, is Mims was only one play away. And not even that. I mean, you have the spring game coming up. That's going to be next weekend, right? And you decide to leave now before the spring game. Is it one of those things where maybe – and I'm just totally speculating here, but maybe Mims has now dropped down to the third team and he doesn't want to other teams to see that he's dropped down to the third team. And he's like, no, nah, I'm out of here before spring, dude. You guys are not going to catch me on the third team with, with these guys. I am a first team guy. Not saying that happened guys, not saying that happened, but it just it kind of strikes me as odd. Cause you could have, and I don't say, I don't think he needs tape, right. Especially for college, these college coaches, know what they're getting in a Marius Mims. They're getting a giant human being that is your prototypical left tackle. But you would think that maybe one more week, you know, and I think the Georgia coaches tried. I think they tried to keep him around at least one more week, see what you can do in that G-Day game. Maybe you can impress the coach. And it, it always kind of comes down to this too, Jason, is the coaching staff. There's a new head man on that offensive line, Stacy Searles. I think I said his last name right. Did I say his last name right? Yeah, thanks, Jason. Uh, but, you know, maybe maybe him and Mims clashed. You know, it, it can happen. It, it's not it's not unusual to see that happen. I mean, more than anything, I'll just come back to this. I mean, if he doesn't want to be at Georgia, then so be it. I mean, something clearly has happened, whether more. I mean, he, he wasn't getting the playing time. He probably felt he could start. I mean, all these guys who are who are that. Who are, who are at this good at this level, they believe they can start and they believe they're the best. If he didn't think he was getting a fair shake or if he didn't want to wait and didn't want to be here, then then so be it. I mean, think about it like this. Yes, he was a former five-star. And I think sometimes we are guilty of getting wrapped into the, the former five-star. If he's a five-star, we have to keep him. We, we can't let him go. Well, he wasn't in the, the discussion to start. It wasn't even like he was pushing for a starting spot. He, he was squarely a backup at this point, even though he was a former five-star. So I get that it's, it's annoying for, for a lot of fans that he's gone. But at the same time, if he doesn't want to be here, then that opens up space for somebody who does want to be here. And it's not like Georgia hasn't recruited well at this position. It's where they don't have capable guys, great guys for that matter, who want to be here and who can eventually excel down the road. Brian Williamson over on Facebook, he uh, comments, says, clearly Mims is not one play away. He had fallen down the depth chart behind well, Xavier Truss and Devin Willock. Good luck. Oh, he did have a concussion recently, so he did right. miss some time. He did get he did have a concussion recently, so right. that could also lead to it, which sometimes it's like if you get in, I do understand some fans' gripes in the sense of if a guy gets injured and he still can compete to get back and he goes, oh, well, I've fallen down my reps a bit. Well, yeah, you have to nurse yourself back from injury, and other guys have stepped up. So, like – I do understand when fans gripe about that when it, when a guy just leaves immediately because when when you're hurt like if you're healthy it was a different situation you physically couldn't play and these guys just played super well so 
I get that because his injury definitely impacted this. I feel like is the is the timing off for you guys or is it just me? Like he's been here a little while now, and I guess it's one of those things where it's just he saw the writing on the wall. He didn't want to go through G Day. It just seems the timing's off for me. He has until uh, May first. Yeah, he's got he's got until May first. It just the timing seems weird to me. To either one of you, or is it just me? A little bit. I'd say a little bit. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I would say, um, you know, uh, who who knows? I mean, if he ran out there with the third team, I totally think your your uh, hypothetical yeah. there would 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 have a whole hold a whole lot of weight. Obviously, we won't know if he's gone. So right. That's, I mean, uh, it, it very well. Brian very well be you know correct along with the concussion. He might have moved down to third string and was like, "Dude, you got me all the way screwed up." If you think I'm running out of here in the third team as a Marius Mims, like I was the fifth overall player in the nation, then you're going to put me on the third string? No, sir. So to recap, uh, guys, if you want to get on the show with us, go into the description and copy and paste that StreamYard link over to Safari on your iPhones. If you're on Android, I think it works just through your normal browser. If you're on your computer, it works as well through your normal browser. We'd love to have you on so you can, we can get a fan's approach on uh, this whole Marius Mims, Clay Webb leaving I do want to dive a little bit deeper. We've been doing this, and this is kind of our series for the offseason, guys, diving into each position, right? And I'm going to name off the rest of the offensive linemen that are still at Georgia. Remember, now it looks like, I want to say, do not quote me, was Georgia at 92, Ben, and now they're at 90, or were they at 94 and they're at 92 now? Our scholarship distribution page. I think has they're 90. at least at like 90. I think it might okay, be our, 90. Our scholarship distribution page has 92. It might be 90 now. It might have not updated. Uh, but we do have Marius Mims and Clay Webb taken out. So Georgia still has to hit a hard number of 85. So these are not going to be the last. Uh, and then I'm sure Kirby wants a couple spots to potentially go transfer portal hunting himself. He hasn't been able to do so uh, this year, which he's done, I want to say, Every year since he's been here, starting with Mo Sims, and then uh, he, he's had at least yeah. one transfer come in at, every year. So here's your offensive line, guys. Warren Erickson, who is going to be a fifth-year senior. Warren McClendon, Xavier Truss. You've got redshirt Tate Ratledge, Cedric Van Pran, Broderick Jones, Austin Blasky, Devin Willett, Cameron Kenny, Chad Lindbergh. Dylan Fairchild, Michael Morris, and Jared Wilson, who all registered last year. And then you've got the newcomers coming in, guys. Griffin Scroggs, Drew Bobo, Alu Ba, Ernest Green, and Jacob Hood. Again, that's a lot of guys. Uh, we talked about this Cameron on one Kenny. of the days. Man, I was like, oh, what? Forgot. Yeah. I forgot he was on the roster. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. Like, we've – I just ran through – excuse me here while I talk. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight – 16, 15, 18 offensive linemen still on the roster. Uh, so you have three and a half uh, deep on the O-line. Might be some more attrition there, but as we move forward, what's that offensive line going to look like, Jason? Cedric Van Pran's obviously going to be probably back at center, I would suppose. Uh, Tate Ratledge, I'm sure, is going to try to get his guard spot back. You're going to think Warren Erickson's going to be at right tackle. You're going to think... Uh, or admit uh, McClendon, Warren McClendon. Uh, Warren Erickson is going to be fighting for a guard spot, I would think. And then you're going to have Broderick Jones in there as well. Where are we at now that Mims and Webb have both left? You only have one, you only have one five star left on the offensive line, unfortunately. 
uh, for Georgia fans. But seems like you've got some really good four stars left. Yeah. Where does Georgia stand now? Yeah, I mean, once you get to college, it's can you play, can you not play? So it's, you know, the five-star stuff is cool. The more five stars you bring in, the better. Usually the odds show that you're going to get better players. But, you know, who, who, who can play? That that determines itself out in practice and in games. Um, tackles are set. Center is set. Scarred. And Devin Willock, um, you know, he, he's kind of uh, had a lot of buzz about him this this uh this spring so um, i'm interested to see how he looks at g day for that for that matter and xavier trust moving uh you know playing some guard i'm interested to see how he looks there you know as, as tate rattledge battles back and so i think when you got those four right there uh uh trust willock rattledge and um and erickson i think uh, how that shape shakes itself out is going to be the, the biggest storyline um, on the offensive line moving forward. So I think you're set at, at tackle and center. So that's really just those other two interior spots. Then I want to say Devin Willick. Yeah, Devin Willick was an offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Xavier Truss was also an uh, offensive tackle. So you could have four offensive tackles uh, and then a center. Technically, if you want to look at it from you know their high school where they played at, Four offensive tackles on that line with a uh, Cedric Van Pran Granger at a uh, center. Micah Morse came coming out was an offensive tackle. He's working at guard. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I think we could go down this list. Was listed at tackle. He's a guard. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. So I think the big question mark is Tate Ratledge's health because I think if he's healthy, I think he's going to lock up one of the guard spots. He was yeah. last summer. People don't remember. Last spring and summer, he was the offensive lineman who had the most buzz. And that's why he was a starter game one against Clemson. And he got hurt within three plays. If he's anywhere in form when he's healthy, he will be a, one of the starters, my opinion. As good as uh, Erickson is, I mean, as long and experienced as Erickson is, and Truss gained some playing time last year, I think he would beat both of them out. I really do. I think the guy who's under a lot of pressure to start now is Micah Morris. I really believe Micah Morris, this is his chance with Erickson out. And with trust, he's still competing with him. And Tate's got to work himself back to health. Micah Morris, I think it's going to be interesting because I think Jones is locked up at left tackle, McClendon at right tackle, and Van Pran at center. I agree with Jason on that. So when you look at guard, there's a lot of guys. Um, and we even talk about like Chad Lindbergh, like some of the guys like that who are they going to compete? Dylan Fairchild's a really talented lineman. And I remember ever since he's been at Georgia, everyone's been talking about Jared Wilson. Jared Wilson, I always feel like every time it's something always wowing yeah. people, he's wowing people. So Georgia, from at least from what we've heard, has had a lot of young offensive linemen show a lot of big signs. It's just who's going to step up? Is it going to be a guy like Truss is finally with a move to guard, going to finally take that next step? Or is a young guy like Micah Morris going to seize this opportunity and be like how he was rated and be that next big thing at, at left guard? So I'm really curious about it, but I think tackle and center your set. At guard, it, a lot of it's dependent on health, really, because Erickson and Tate, if you put a gun to my head and said who would start next year, if they were healthy, I would have said them, but they're not right now. So that's what's tricky about it. And it, it seems to be the case for, you know, Georgia at a lot of positions. We're going to dive into the wide receivers and tight ends this episode, and there's a lot of injury bugs, you know, floating around still over there, it seems like. And uh, offensive line now, for whatever reason, has caught the injury bug. I'm curious – Moving forward uh, with this offensive line, with the new coach, new offensive line coach, what their type of style will look like. If you're going with four big guys, four tackles, I mean, th- those are monsters. 
Uh, so it's going to, I'm curious to see how quick they're going to be able to move. Is that going to affect how Stetson plays? Is he going to roll out more? You know, I, I'm very curious to see how they come out on G day and sure G day is mainly for the fans. Uh, but you do get to see a little bit of something at G day. We saw uh, AD Mitchell go crazy at G day and we saw how good he was last year, Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I teed it up for you, and you didn't even, you didn't even, you didn't. Even I knew know. you were trolling. Yeah, I was, I, I was talking about how good AD Mitchell was. In no, you're, you're not was. getting any credit for that. You literally <laughs> said you picked him because there, one, there was already buzz about AD Mitchell, and then Paul's like, "Well, more people are talking about Brock, so I'm just going to go with AD." He did that technique, so I'm not going to. Don't buy Paul's crap. He did a simple <laughs> tactic. Is it's nothing. But I think, you know what, this year I'm buying it because I you haven't given me my note yet. I was money on my recruiting and team predictions. You were. Our, our episode, I was money. And the last prediction was Ernest Green was going to end up at Georgia, correct? Ernest Green, if he gets in this year, he's going to ball out. So he's the guy I'm looking forward to watch at G-Day because I think he's going to be a star at Georgia. Speaking of Ernest Green, you also have four other offensive linemen coming in with him in this freshman class. You've got Jacob Hood, who – I don't think a lot of people know. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know about Jacob Hood, Ben. Where is he from? Tennessee. He, he's out of Tennessee. Okay. He's 6'8, 350. Wow. That is that is a large human. He's bigger than Jordan Davis. And then I don't want to mispronounce his first name. Alu Ba. Yeah, you got it. Uh, okay. IMG. So he he played IMG with a lot of great players. I mean, he played against James Smith and Bear Alexander. He went against every day in practice. So and high Jason school, covered, no, Jason right. covered this guy's dad for many a years when he was in Athens. Uh, Drew Bobo, uh, a name many know, and then uh, Griffin Scroggs out of Grayson uh, projects to maybe be a center type. So uh, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how this offensive line shakes up. I know Mims was the Mims was the big, I think, next piece that Georgia wanted to see, and I think everybody had in their mind Mims at one tackle position. Broderick Jones at the other, and then you got three just road grinders in the middle and everything works itself out. Sometimes guys like Warren McClendon don't lose their spot, and it doesn't work out that way. I'm curious to see, though, what happens moving forward in terms of uh, how that second unit looks and especially how that first unit guard and uh, both guards play, really. Uh, you know, with Clay Webb leaving, where do you think he ends up, guys? I think maybe at an I think maybe at an Air Force place like that, a Naval really? Academy, because I think he's interested in going in the Army and stuff like that, and him going to play for one of those places, and he probably would start there right away too. So, I think that would make a lot of sense. Maybe I mean who knows? Maybe this is the end. I mean, yeah, sometimes we have, we have heard that right. We we've heard that yeah. a couple times about him. Um, like a year yeah. ago, we, we heard that that was a possibility. Right. Uh, Anthony White says Mims is gone. He wants to move up the depth chart. All the talent in front isn't letting him. Yeah, that's kind of what we've been saying this whole this whole show, uh, Mr. White, is that Warren McClendon wasn't giving that spot up. And Broderick Jones looked damn good in the national championship game. He wasn't giving that other spot up either. So, you know, it, it, it sucks for Mims. It sucks for Georgia fans. But it's also one of those things where you don't, you don't ever not take a commitment. You're going to tell the kid, hey, you can come in and battle. And look like he battled. He just couldn't couldn't break it. I'm curious to see how good he'll be if he goes to a Miami or an FSU. I'm I'm sure wherever he goes, and I'll throw this to both of you guys, wherever he ends up, he's going to start right away, right? He's not going to transfer and try to battle for another position. He's going to almost want to get a guaranteed, yes, you're our left tackle, yes, you're our right tackle. 
that's hard to get, especially at the Division One level. I mean, quite honestly, I mean, I know that's probably what he wants or he wants to hear, and I'm sure the coaches will go to a certain line. I, I would, I would find it very hard to believe if any coach says you're, you come here, you're starting point blank. Um, that said, I mean, I'm sure he's got he's got the talents. Like I said earlier, you know, there's very few places where he wouldn't be starting right now. Georgia. Alabama, Ohio State, you know, places like that. Florida State, Miami. I mean, I, I haven't studied their depth charts or anything, but I would find um, it hard to believe he couldn't crack the, the, the first team at a place like that right now. Ben, are you – if you're Florida State or Miami, you know you're in a dogfight to get a Marius Mims who could potentially be a, a first-round pick, but he couldn't beat out the guys at Georgia. Are you offering this kid, uh, you know, automatic, hey, you're coming in and starting? Well, how, how how good is your offensive lineman? Because from what I've seen from Florida State, they should 100%. Florida State's offensive line has been atrocious. <laughs> yeah, they've been bad. really bad. Miami <laughs> hasn't been great either. I remember they started Zion Nelson. I could be wrong on this. was a two- or three-star offensive lineman. They started him as a freshman. In high school, he was 250. And they started him, I believe, right away his freshman year at one of the tackle spots. So Miami has had struggles, and Crystal Ball is – built up in the offensive line when he was at Oregon and he was no line coach. So if crystal ball is like, okay, my O-line here is not looking good. I got to put a kid with this talent. Now I know there's been a lot of question marks about him with like work ethic and all that people have thrown out, throw all that away talent. He's going to be the most talented guy on either of those offensive lines. So I'd come in and say, yeah, you can compete and be the starter here. You have a chance to compete. I would never guarantee anything to anyone because truth is suppose he shows up and he isn't like that. Suppose he's not as advertised, but I would say, yeah, you can compete to be the starter right away. You can compete, not I'm going to hand it to you. It's also interesting, you know, with guys like Mims, if we're going to see, it seems like the portal for the longest time has been very QB centric, if that makes sense. It has revolved mm -hmm. around quarterbacks because quarterbacks can change your program the fastest. Uh, Spencer Rattler to South Carolina, you know, that's a quick transition. Caleb Williams to USC, you saw who followed. Uh, you know, you you build around Justin Fields to Ohio State. You bring in a quarterback. Next thing you know, your team has got significantly better. What is the next position behind quarter? Is it is it offensive tackle? I'm just asking. Is it offensive tackle? Like if you're ranking, I guess uh, transfer portal uh, position groups, right? Quarterback is definitely number one. They're changing your program no matter what. Is the offensive tackle second? Like, how would you rate that, guys? There's never been a big-time offensive lineman transfer to another school and be a first-round pick that I know of. Maybe if Jason knows of some. Remember Clay Webb? I mean, Cade Mays, <laughs> everyone's favorite Georgia offensive oh, yeah. lineman, Cade Mays. Yeah. He leaves. I remember going into that year, he was a projected late first, early second-round pick in every mock draft. He was a consensus top 50 player. He leaves. Uh, first year at Tennessee, he was projected late-round pick to undrafted. Now, this year he improved the stock a little bit, but he's projected a mid-round pick. At Georgia, he was a late first, early second, okay? So I look at him and say he was a big-time transfer already where people said, okay, he's going to be NFL star. Transferred and his stock plummeted, okay? Yep. So I don't remember any offensive linemen. You look at every offensive lineman Georgia said, none of them have been transfers. Bama, all their offensive linemen, they were there from their freshman year. Uh, I don't Landon know any Dickerson. offensive linemen. Landon Dickerson. Landon Dickerson at Bama. Oh, yeah, but here's the tip. Landon Dickerson, he was really good at Florida State. 
Correct. when he transferred. His was the deal was Florida State was changing coaching staffs. Florida State was trash, yeah, and he left. And, yeah. and they were bad. So they were yeah. changing coaching staffs, and they were bad. And that's why he ended up at Alabama. His wasn't a deal of playing time because he right. was a star for them. He was their – I think he was all ACC. Yeah, so he was, he was a, a different case. But if you take him out of it – and he was also a second-round pick. I can't think of any star offensive linemen that have transferred and been first-rounders. And that's not a shot at Marius. I think he has the talent to do that. But I'm just saying that I've never seen one. Yeah, and um, I, I would say that – I wouldn't say offensive line, but I would say edge rusher uh, mm-hmm. or some sort of pass yeah. rusher. Jermaine Johnson comes to mind right now just going from Florida yeah. State. Yeah. Uh, how he improved his draft stock considerably. Um, so, I mean, obviously, uh, I think with the offensive line, I don't know. We've, we've been talking. Like, one for, for, for me – I. If, if a player doesn't want to be somewhere, they want to transfer, they have the ability to transfer. I don't, I don't personally care. I know there's going to be people, the, uh, the traditionalists that, that will disagree with that and that's fine. But um, I, I do, I will say this, that offensive line, it almost seems like if you have the talent and, and you do stay with the program, your chances are, because well, more than likely you're going to play. It's such, it's a position that's going to deal with so many injuries, you know, in most seasons um, you're going to eventually play, get the tape. Um, you know, going from one spot to another spot does seem harder, and and, and you never know what can happen. The, the variables with coaching staffs and all that turnover as well. So, um, in terms of being able to step in and be a game changer, you don't really see that at the offensive line position and the transfer, at least through the transfer portal. At least we haven't yet, um, like we have at quarterback or or at edge rusher. So, I would I would put edge rusher right behind quarterback. I like the edge rusher pick. I wasn't even thinking that. Uh, and then you brought Jermaine Johnson. There's been guys, there's been a lot of players that are transferred from Georgia, but like Ben said, Jermaine was a little bit of playing time. He knew he was going to be the FSU's number one guy, but he also was playing at Georgia. Cade Mays was playing at Georgia and transferred. Uh, Amarius Mims has not played at Georgia and is transferring. So yes, it hurts on paper. You're losing a five-star player. You're losing this mammoth of a man, six, seven, 300, and God knows how many pounds now, uh, but at the same time, he hasn't cracked that depth chart yet like other guys that have left Georgia, and you've been all right. You won a national championship last year without Jermaine Johnson, which could you imagine with everything that happened with Adam Anderson? Yes, Robert Beal stepped up in a big way, but if you had Jermaine Johnson right there, uh, that, yeah. that would have been quite wild. Uh, if Cade Mays would have stayed and Tate, Tate Rattledge would have gone down, you might not even have seen Tate Rattledge because Cade Mays would have started. Offensive line would have been that much better, but Kirby has worked around this, so – I guess the next question, and we bring this up on every position, and I like doing this uh, because it it kind of gives an idea of what's next for Georgia. They've got five true freshman offensive linemen, Jason. They've got three redshirt freshman offensive line. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six redshirt sophomores. They've got a true sophomore. Uh, so they're very uh, heavy on the young guys. Then you just have McClendon, Truss, and Erickson, who are going to be upperclassmen. Is this a position where Kirby Smart potentially goes into the transfer portal? And again, this might be a stupid question, but we're going to ask it for every position group as we go through the offseason because I like the topic. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's a stupid question. 
but thank you, I Jason. I don't, I don't think they do it. I mean, they have. What, what was the number we just we said? Eighteen. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six. seven, eight, nine, ten, I mean, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, eighteen, eleven, eighteen. And there's, yeah. and these are legit. These are all legit recruits. I mean, there's yeah. no reason to go to the transfer portal. You just don't. You don't need to. Not to mention, you have no. ninety scholarship players, so you still got to cut five or, or not. <laughs> right. Got to like right. push five yeah. out the door somehow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one way or the other. So yeah, no, there's no, I don't see that at all. Paul, Georgia's second team D line or O line is better than Florida's starting O line. And listen, that's <laughs> yeah. not take that. That's real. You take Micah Morris, Ernest Green, uh, somebody with the Buzz Willock and guys like that are they're better than Florida's starting O line, like yeah. talent wise and everything. I'm just you I, take I, I, that all day. Ben, don't shoot the messenger. Okay, I'm going to ask that question for every position. Okay, we've got. Uh, we've got to go back to wide receivers, tight ends at one show, and then we're going to go to defense. I'm going to ask it three or four more times. So just don't shoot the messenger. I'm just asking that's the question. Why it's not a stupid the question. other positions yeah. I could see it that we're going to talk to in the future. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Maybe we can uh, set if you, up. If you take tight end out, if we're lumping them together and you take tight end out, yes, I can see receiver and any position on defense. Is a ben, possibility. You're like, ben, you're giving not away the spoilers. Like We're supposed <laughs> to spoil that. You're not just supposed to say that. Like That keeps the people coming back. I don't think that's the main reason. I don't think so. Is a transfer a possibility? Oh, I got to make sure to check out the video for that. No, Paul, what the hell, man? That could be it, Ben. That's what might drive this viewership up is they want to No, if I drop a nugget, who's transferring to Georgia? I'll be honest, I don't know. But maybe maybe if something comes up, maybe I'll drop a nugget on that. But Hey, Justin Temple says he's a Georgia fan, guys. We appreciate you watching Justin Temple. And Keith agrees with us. He says not for O line. He doesn't. He doesn't think a transfer is necessary for the uh, offensive line, which we're all in agreement there. But I do want to ask the question on each position. Anything else on this offensive line, guys? Before we kind of preview G Day, are we good here? Yeah, I think. I mean, again, I, I want to go back to something you had just said about Amarius Mims. I'm gonna read. I want to hammer this home again. He wasn't playing, and he wasn't going to play this year. Yeah, I know it's it's tough. It's tough when you deal with a former five star, but you gotta let him go. He's one that you let go. Yeah. You know, not every five star works out. Jacob Eason didn't work out at Georgia. I really wish uh, Jacob Eason would have, though, man. Yeah, I sure. think mm-hmm. I think he could have been like that dude. I really do. Ah, uh, no, nah, he was never gonna be that dude. No, you don't. I'm, I'm so. not hating. I'm not hating, but no, nah, he he was too inaccurate that first year. He was never gonna improve that, and he never I did. Know, it I just I just loved I just loved like the seventy yard bombs. I don't know. Yeah, I just, no, I know that's exciting, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's just it, it's unfortunate. He could have, you know, it, he. It's not that he wasn't talented enough to play at Georgia. They just have they just have great players at Georgia, and so you let him go. Eighteen offensive linemen who have been recruited, scouted by this. Coaching staff are still on the roster. They deserve a lot of the, a lot of love from this fan base. You let Amarius go, do his thing elsewhere, and uh, you, you you hope that these guys, uh, this deep offensive line, uh, continues to uh, you know produce at this level. Ben, wrapping up O line, you got anything else? I really got nothing else other than like I said, I I always make a bold prediction about a freshman. Maybe not this season, but in the long term, I think Ernest Green could be an All-American for Georgia. I'll just say Oh, that. man, predicting the wow. – uh, yeah, that's a, that's a bold prediction, I, I, man. That'll get yeah. people watching. People want to see that comment. <laughs> the headline, yeah, future All-American or possibility of taking a portal at this position, I think. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's it, huh? Uh, so, guys, G-Day is going to be Saturday. We're going to have a wrap-up show Sunday night. Uh, that should be fun. What are you looking forward to the most? And we can talk about other other things in the offensive line now. Uh, I, I am allowing you both to uh, to disperse into the other position groups, if you will. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most during G-Day? Ben, I'll start with you because Jason had a puzzled look on his face that he might not have an answer right away. So, Ben, I'm going to put you on the spot first. Yeah, I do. I was, I, was, I was looking at my list, but we'll let Ben go I'm going to go with the one I don't think Georgia fans care about at all, and that's how Brock Vandergriff and those guys look. I don't think Georgia fans really care about that. So, um, I'll, go with, I'll go with how the other quarterbacks look. But, you know, to not take the easy answer, I'm curious about the nylon war set. Because things have been good about him, and people have talked about, you know, what hmm. this freshman receiver class is. I'm interested because apparently he's looked really good. I'm interested hmm. to see how he looks at G Day because the and Arik Gilbert. I'm, I'm interested to see how the pass catchers look ah. and uh, what the inside linebacker rotation is. I know some guys ben, are hurt. literally one answer, Ben. There's three of okay, us. Okay, that's it. I, I gave answers. offense and I gave defense because I threw the quarterbacks. To I was going to say you're taking all the answers, Jason. Go ahead. Hey man, all right. I mean, uh, damn, just run through the whole roster next time. Ben. I was going to say, look forward without, to the D line, the defensive backs. I'm looking forward to the kicking game a little bit. The new punter as well. Uh, um, I am looking forward to backup long snapper. Yeah, the thunder from down under, man. I'm, I'm excited about him. I am, yeah, I, I am looking forward to him because I mean, uh, uh, Camarda, man, he was a weapon uh, his he last was. few years, so I, that, that is a big loss, and, they, and so they, they do need to replace him. I'll, I'll be interested to see how he looks. Um, but uh, it, it was my, my number one. Uh, uh, the number one thing I'm looking forward to is, uh, and which it doesn't matter at the end of the day because it's a it's a practice game. But uh, last year it was Ad Mitchell who broke out, but you know with with Brock Bowers not getting those first team reps, um, not in there. I, I want to see the progression. I want to see who Stetson Bennett uh, kind of leans on. Uh, it's his top top couple of guys. I'm, I'm I expect it to be Ad Mitchell, and I would love to see if it's a Reed Gilbert. Um, you know. Um, Hey, maybe it's more set too. I don't know. I, I'm really interested to see who steps up. Who's maybe who's the surprise in that group? Somebody that we're not really thinking or, or looking at, um, you know, at the present time. So uh, that's 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 really it. And then uh, Ben said everything else. I mean, inside linebacker, <laughs> secondary. I mean, I'm interested to see how, My, how those are. And really, it's all about this game to me is all about seeing guys kind of fly around, get a feel for the game. Um, the skill position guys are, are really what, what you're looking at because uh, they're not doing it. It's all vanilla. It's all base stuff. They're not going to show anything. So um, it's exciting, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't give any insight. It's more so just, hey, this guy looks good. You know, uh, you know, can this guy? Sometimes you can see it. I think last year, Bowers and Mitchell, you were like, okay, those guys have something that could be put yeah. use during during the season. So. You know, maybe we'll get a couple of those guys uh, that stand out kind of unexpectedly, uh, you know, on Saturday. How about you, looking... Paul? Huh? What about you? Come on, come on yeah, Paul. Yeah, thank you, Ben. You got this year. Let's, let's see. Yeah. I am looking forward to – so you have Ringo on one side. Who is going to be the other cornerback? Uh, I think there – if you ask five people inside Buttsmere, they probably give you three different answers. Uh, so I'm curious to know who is going to fight for that that second cornerback spot. Why are you what, who are like the three, what are the three different answers, Paul? I, I think there's only two, but well, what are the three? Uh, you tell me your two, and then maybe uh, I'll add the third. Oh, Laster yeah. and Green. That's all you got, huh? On the outside corner? No, star, is, got, huh? star doesn't count. Yeah, star does not count. So you so you don't think uh, Javon Bullard has a shot? No. Okay. 
You don't think you don't think Slime Singletary coming in as a true freshman has a shot? He wasn't an early enrollee, so yeah, not a not a G day. Man. I know. Yeah, he's not going to be. Dalen Everett may pique my interest a tad, but I'm going Laster and Green. We I, I was high on Green, I think last year, right? So I have to ride with him, even though I think it's going to be Laster. If you had to, yeah, I, guess, I, was, so, I might be wrong. Uh, on it always seemed like Laster in the in the like special teams play last year. It always seemed like he was around, and then in spite and then in mop up duty, it seemed like he was he was uh, kind of flying around and. They did. Looking athletic out there, so uh, I'm interested to see him too. No Chaz Chambliss talk? No uh, Chaz Chambliss? No, I mean, Chaz showed us what he could do last year. I don't think he was going to – That hit in the Tennessee game. What, what game? Oh, no, it was the, the playoff where he got targeting, where he just clocked the yeah, guy. Yeah, he killed that guy. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know yeah, about – Chaz Chambliss to me I think is is just fine where he's at. I, I don't expect much. I don't expect less. You know, I think he's just a lunchbox type of guy. Curious though, uh, what's your second team? I know I'm staying on the secondary. Your second team secondary looks like because a couple of injuries last year, a couple of guys that uh, didn't live up to expectations, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you you ended up with Dan Jackson back there playing a lot. Wonder if he plays a lot this year. I want to see Tyke Smith. I was big on him last year, uh, but you know I, I want to see him actually get out there. I think for Georgia. Bringing him back was really big, uh, bring, being able to get him back. I know it would have been weird with him transferring again, would have had to graduate, et cetera, da, da, da. But him coming back and really staying with the program. And then he put out a tweet, I want to say, uh, not too long ago, saying, you know, best decision of my life. He retweeted when he committed to Georgia. So I want to see Tyke Smith out there finally healthy and uh, see what he can do. So that, that's my, my take, you know, just as the guy who hosts the call-in show, Ben. No big deal. All oh, right. the host. Oh, well, we got you now. I, Paul the host. But the thing is, they come to gotcha. you and they come to Jason for your analysis. I'm really just the guy that just moves the show forward. You know, uh, don't don't oh, wow. mind me. Don't mind. I like me and Jason are the stars of the show, so he, he he's a waste up there. Just cut him <laughs> off whenever. Yeah. I, was like, I just wanted to point out Keith Simmons uh, said Jackson Meeks, and I, I, like, I like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackson. We, and you know what's shocking is that Paul, I thought Paul was going to bring up the D line because Paul's. Already asked about the D line. Yeah. Our first two shows back. Right, yeah. right. I am a I am a little concerned about the D line, but I wasn't going to go there for a spring game. Now I want to see who this who the second corner is. Um, but D line it's a little shaky. It's a little shaky. It's a little uneasy. I don't Just know if the snack like house falls out. Yeah, I don't know. You got a lot of guys uh, besides Jalen Carter, Tremel Walther. Bill Norton, Stackhouse, Mitchell, Brinson, and what well, Brinson, Logue, uh, Logue, yeah, you got Logue. Oh, Jalen Carter, how's he gonna look? Oh, well, we already know that. I think, I think he's gonna be all right. Uh, but you've got to have some guys step up around him, man. I'm not kidding. Uh, just have him catch some passes. That Remember you caught, I forget what team it was. I think, what was it Tennessee his freshman year? Caught a touchdown. We'll see him know. use him at tight end. Hey, if you ever they need a tight end, Jalen Carter. Yeah, because you're you're gonna play your best defensive player on because you you don't have enough. He's, tight he's a freak. Ends. He's a freak. You don't, have, ball. you don't have enough tight ends as it is. I do have a lot. Oh, of Oh, well, he's just a mammoth. They just throw him the ball. Goal well, line. That's what they say about Darnell Washington. <laughs> no, they don't throw him the ball. He keeps getting hurt. Yeah, he's hurt. Suppose he's not out there. You need a mammoth. That's the guy, man. That's that. That's of all the players on that offense, Darnell Washington is the one that yeah. I am the most excited about. Have been and. He just keeps getting hurt, and it's sad. Yeah, they should use a... him in the red zone more. Yes. that's one thing they they yeah. should do. Like other than that, I understand why sometimes his usage is low, 
But in the red zone, they have to use it. Yeah. You just yeah. have to. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm curious to see if he he stays around. Hopefully he does. You know, um, there's been some talk about him entering the transfer portal, et cetera. But we're not on that position yet, Ben. Don't don't move too fast, my friend. Not so fast. Not so fast. I didn't talk uh, about my, my money receiver yet. So I, he, his name has not been brought up. Oh, I like that. There, see, you, that go. Kind of, there you go. I'm doing that's it. There's the teaser. Yeah. There's there the teaser. Go. Good job, Ben. Good job. It's only taken three years for you to learn that. No worries, man. Hey, guys, we appreciate you joining us for this uh, episode of the UGA Sports Call-In Show. Uh, oh, I forgot to ask. Jason, Ben, you have anything else you want to add before I wrap this up? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so, guys, we appreciate you. If you missed any of the show, if you were a little bit late, no worries. You can rewatch it on YouTube or you can head over to uh, UGA Sports Podcast. We have it on the website as well, ugasports.com. And, uh, yeah, crazy week. Couldn't go three for three, Jason, in terms of three solid no-news weeks out of the University of Georgia. We didn't even touch on Warren Brinson and his arrest for a splatter gun, which is wild. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, we didn't even go. I don't even. I don't even. I don't even want to go there. To be. To be honest with you. Um, we said. We said the first week. We said this is weird. This is Georgia. We did. Like, we weird did. stuff happens, and then here we go. I mean, it was and, a matter. It was like playing catch up for the last two. And weeks. when bad news usually happens, something happens in like recruiting or somewhere where they get somebody. So who knows? That's true. That is true. Now Kirby. Kirby is a uh, what? What do they call it? Like a risk mitigator or something like that? Like uh, they have I those. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, you turned the news cycle around quick. It was like right. someone got hurt. I think it was like Tyke Smith literally the next day. Jaheim Singletary commits to Georgia. Oh, oh, who cares about Tyke Smith? Yeah, yeah. So there you go. It, it might happen soon. You never know. If you want to talk a little bit more about recruiting, we've got Rumors vs. Facts on Monday nights here on this same YouTube channel. And if you want to hear Coach Don and Rain Ballon uh, with uh, Dane Young and Ryan Nabolsi, they are live Tuesdays at noon for the uh, UGA Sports Podcast, and they give some great information out. If you listen, if you read between the lines on what Coach Don is saying, you will be the smartest guy at the water cooler. I promise you that. Uh, that's where Ben gets all his information from, and then he just regurgitates it right back here on this show. So it's great. <laughs> um, it's like a little mini coach. Uh, but, no, guys, we appreciate you so much. If you're not already, hit that follow button, hit the subscribe button. And hit the little bell so you get notifications when we're live so you can come in here and talk with us. Hopefully next week we'll have a call-in because this is the call-in show. We appreciate you guys watching and putting comments in. We'd love to see your face uh, so we can not see Ben's as big on the screen. That would help out. Uh, for, for Jason Butt and Ben Bachman. And the host. I'm, 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 I'm your host. Paul well, there is the host. Yeah, man. We appreciate you guys so much. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday. We'll be wrapping up G-Day. As that is uh, next Saturday, we'll be talking G-Day next Sunday. Hope you guys have a great week, and we will talk to you then.